Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You're listening to Griefcast with me, Carrie Adloyd. How do we grieve for someone? How does it change and evolve as we get older? My dad died when I was 15 and it took me many, many years to be able to express what I had gone through. So I decided to create Griefcast, a chance to talk, share and laugh about the weirdness of grief and death. But with comedians, so it's not that depressing, I promise. Each time I talk to a different comedian about their own personal experience of grief as we remember someone that they have lost along the way. Whether it was a long time ago or you've just joined the club, this is a chance to talk about the peculiar human process of death. Welcome to Griefcast. Thank you for listening. If you enjoy this podcast, please do subscribe, rate and review on the Apple Podcasts app. It helps other people find the show and I promise it genuinely encourages me to carry on sending these melancholy yet uplifting chats out into the world. So thank you. This week I'm talking to actress and comedian Gemma Whelan. Gemma plays Yara Greyjoy in Game of Thrones. If you haven't seen it, you're crazy girl, it's the best. You may have also seen her in The Crown, Upstart Crow, Uncle and a lot of other things. Or if you were lucky enough, you might have seen her on the circuit before me as Chastity Butterworth, which sadly I think she's far too busy to do much of these days. Gemma came in to talk to me about her dad, who passed away in 2015. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Griefcast. I'm joined today by actress and comedian Gemma Whelan. And I have to say it, star of Game of Thrones. Star, Star, I think so. (laughs) I only just recently, I only caught up recently. Well, actually, no, I started watching when I was pregnant. 
because I just was like too much, too much, too much. Can't cope with it. Yeah. And then when you're pregnant, you can't really move. I don't. You're feeling this. Like, beginning to. Beginning to. Oh, you yeah. Get, I'm I trying to. Trying to keep moving. But at night, I just was like, oh, oh night turns horrible. Awful. Can't so turn we, over without like feeling like you've got a sack of cement on your yeah. front. But that's when I got into Game of Thrones. Because well, you can just lie there. You know, and keep dr- people were driven there in many different <laughs> forms. As long as you get there in the end. <laughs> the worst was I had to run out the room for what's that horrible episode? Oh, the Red Wedding. No. Later, the one that really got me was the Battle of the Bastards. Oh, yeah, that's... And I was about eight yeah. and a half months pregnant, yeah. and my heart was going, and I said, I've got to leave. Yeah. I can't... Cu- yeah. I thought I was going to go into labour, because yeah. it was so stressful. It's... um, I've never watched a piece of television that has made me actually feel like I'm suffocating mm. with the lead character. Oh, it was awful. As I was watching it, I, I was... You know, when you stand up and sit down, like a toddler watching yeah, TV sometimes, yeah. like you can't quite compute what's going on. Yeah. And... and when he got sort of suffocated by all these people, that, I, I literally that was horrific. had stopped breathing myself. Yeah. Incredible. So is this obviously that's the first time you've seen it as well? Yeah. I don't know anyone else's storylines. Really? I, 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 I'm given my bits of script and that's it. Wow. And I, and I did know what was happening in some bits of season six because there was lots of read-throughs and stuff. But um, this one, I didn't know what was going on and I quite liked it because oh, I watched yeah. it as a fan then. I oh, just know what nice. happens for me. Awkwardly, though, when I watch it with my husband, every time we see you, we go, oh, wheelie bin, there wheelie she is. Wheelie bin, old wheels, there she is. <laughs> so, like, sometimes I find it hard to focus. Because I'm like, there's Jen, what's she I doing? Know. What's Jen doing? <laughs> and then we're like, oh, Jem and Daenerys. Like, I know, but in shaking my head, hands, yeah. shaking forearms. Yeah, yeah. I've known you for a very long time, yeah. Gemma, um, just to remind Since you. Since we met in our matching dresses, weren't we both wearing the same H&M shirt <gasps> oh, dress? yeah. And you had yours as a shishi little shirt or a dress, and I had mine as a shirt. Yeah, and I'd never thought to tie it up, I think. Or did I tie it up and you had a dress? I remember who got to the fashion statement first. <laughs> Probably you, normally you. <laughs> and we did a, I mean, I shouldn't say, it was, it was a great show, Shakespeare for Breakfast. Yes, we did. With Sarah Pascoe. Yeah. 2006? Six, yep, Hamlet-based. Oh Very loosely based. Hamlet-based? Oh, the next year was Hamlet-based. <laughs> the first year was Kate-based, Taming the Shrew, yeah. And you're also very pregnant. I am very at the pregnant. Moment, which yep. is the situation I was in recently. Yes. So, are you comfy? I am comfortable, thank you. Yes. Yeah, as you comfortable as you can be with all your inner innards <sighs> squashed by so a human. Squished up, aren't they? Yeah. And then after after it's out, everyone people start going to you. Oh yeah, they get all squished. But at the time, no one. I yeah. feel like no one really spoke to me about it yeah. until afterwards. Well, our scan last week, the 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 scanner, whatever their proper term is. Oh, your sonographer. So well done. Might he said he's very squashed. <laughs> and in, in Patricia's voice, <laughs> he's very squashed. He's very squashed. Was, we tried to see a profile of the face, and it was just like a little concertina, oh. sort of uh, very squashed. Oh, he's all squashed <laughs> it's, up. It's all squashed up. But the good thing about babies, I, they're very malleable. So when they right. pop out, then everything kind of just spring back into yeah, like, yeah. Like do you remember those flannels you used to get when you were in, in souvenir shops? <laughs> yes. And you used to hydrate water. them, and suddenly they'd be yeah. like, "I'm a flannel now, <laughs> not a tiny thimble of a piece of material." Magic flannel. Yeah. I'd like to reassure you, it's as easy as passing a small birth. flannel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like putting it in water. Putting it in water. Thanks. So it's been a big year for you, it not just been. Game of Thrones. <laughs> it has been a very big year. So. You are pregnant, you're about yes. to have a baby, but also, obviously, the reason you're on the podcast. Yes. Who are we remembering today? We are remembering my father, Gerard Whelan. Gerard Whelan. Yes. What a name, I love it. Gerard Francis Whelan, yes. That's a beautiful <laughs> Isn't it great? name. Yeah. Very Irish Catholic oh, name. I love it. Yeah. Um, and so, and when did he die? He died on the 13th of August last year, so it was his anniversary, the anniversary last weekend. Wow. Last Sunday. So you are very fresh out of the box, as we say. Yeah, I guess so. In the grief community. <laughs> yeah, in the grief community, I am. Yeah, and then there's yeah, there's been a death, a marriage, and a baby made. Wow, I got busy. You <laughs> death teaches you things about getting going, doesn't it? It's funny. Obviously, I know you very well, and when I heard you were getting married, I knew obviously I knew about your dad, and I heard you get married, and I was like, I know so many people who've yeah. immediately after losing a parent get married and have kids because yeah. it it's not. I think if you don't, as ever as we say in the podcast, if you don't know it. You might think, oh wow, that's what yes. she wants to do that. And if yes. you do, you're like, yep, yes, because life got too close to your face. Absolutely. So you were like, oh, I have to get on with things. Yeah, that's... it was pretty immediate the fact that I wanted to have a family after he died, oh, really? and I'd been very indifferent up up to that point. And then I was like, God, family is so important, and yeah, what are we messing around waiting for? This is too precious. This magic relationship that I've had with him, and then when Mum goes, I don't want to be just. That's yeah. quite selfish, really, isn't it, I suppose, in a way. Like, I want to make my own little family so that I feel supported. <laughs> no, I think that's, like, why anyone does it, isn't yeah. it? It's weird, but it does make you suddenly go, 
oh, the only thing that matters is this. Like, yeah. Nothing else matters at all. Yeah. And so it makes your, yeah, your decisions become very narrow, I suppose, in a way of just like, yeah, that. Very clear, yeah. Yeah, clear is a better way of Yeah, it. yeah. But, and, yeah, clear, just very, yes, it's really odd what it does to you. And, and obviously you've been in the club for a while. Well, well this is all we talk about yeah. is the club. Like, yeah. it's the club, yeah. And you don't, re- I didn't realise at all until I became a, a very reluctant member of it. Yes. Just how, how it, like, like before anyone, if, if anyone had had death in their family, I would be really scared to ask them about it. I'd be really scared to um, tackle the subject or, or mention my own mother if someone had met, lost their mother, for example. Yeah, and yeah. I was really tentative about it. And what I learned, although I know everybody's different, was it's really fine to talk about it mm. and it's really important to ask questions and to check in with people how they yeah. are and to share your stories. And if you don't want to talk about it, I, I always wanted to talk about it, but if you d- didn't want to... You can just say, not now, thank you very much. But it was just so helpful to um, have people who were also in the club know that that was all right and ask and talk about it. Did you find that then? Did you find that some people had the reaction that you might have had? Definitely. And you're sort of looking at them going, oh, God, why are you doing that? Yeah. Yeah. Was it more just friends or work? Um, Yeah, it was people who had been through it definitely were happy to ask about it. Yeah, mainly work, work. But I suppose you know, even maybe people at work don't know you, do they? And so yeah. they're going to be tentative. Um, but I did do, I did a, a when Dad was diagnosed, I did a job um, called the Moorside, and he was diagnosed three days before we started shooting that. Oh God, isn't that the one about the Karen Matthews one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, oh wow, gems. And so the director on that had lost his mother several years before. And he was amazing at just mm. checking in with me every day and making sure that it was aired and spoken about and then yeah. we moved on. So some people were amazing and some people were very, very closed. But I totally have been that closed person yeah. who was too frightened to upset somebody and didn't understand death. I guess that's what I don't have because I was 15. Mm. It took me a long time to understand that it's hard to be the other side. Yeah. Because I was like, well, what's your problem? But because it happened yeah. to me early. Yes, so I was like, why aren't you just asking me? But now, obviously, as you get older, you're like, oh, yeah, it's, it's really... Even I still have to sort of check on myself and be like, no, do ask. Yeah, like, yeah. But yeah. there's times when you think, especially if someone can look fine, you just think, oh, maybe it's not a good moment. Yeah. To bring maybe, it up like, for them. Maybe they're doing really well. And yeah, it's okay. they don't want reminding. And, but I, as we always say on the podcast, like, just always ask. Just always, yeah. always. Yeah, because you can feel and look really, really fine, but you're carrying this very, uh, very yeah. heavy little thing inside you yeah. always, aren't you? So let's go back. Mm-hmm. What happened? So he so was diagnosed. He was diagnosed um, in uh, on the the day of the year that doesn't normally exist, the 29th of February, oh, wow. and uh, with stomach and esophageal cancer. Oh, God. A very aggressive form. They considered him worthwhile treating palliatively because they thought he would get some good quality of life out of it, which he did. And then, yeah, he was he deteriorated quite quickly after several really good months. Um, he had a sort of quite a nice swan song of... Oh, yeah getting his allotment done and the patio done. Everything was in full bloom and he was very um, determined to leave behind some sort of beautiful thing, which was his garden. And then sort of towards the end of July, beginning of August, things began to go very downhill. And then, um, yeah, I I was home a lot. I went home as much as I could, which was really, really valuable. And then on the 12th of Friday... I got the call from my mum saying, you need to get here. Mm. And of course, that panic is just... Because I was going anyway. Yeah. But I felt so guilty because what I'd done is I'd... It was a very, very hot day and I was going anyway. So I thought, well, I'd just... I'd, I'd wrapped on, on uncle. I was doing a bit of uncle. Oh, so I did yeah. uncle in the morning. And I could have gone straight to the station mm. from there. But I decided to go home, get some cooler clothes, sort yourself out and then go. Yeah, which is totally... And then of course you I was just... like, why on earth didn't I go immediately? Mm. Um, I got there in plenty of time, thankfully, but I, I cried all the way home. Oh, God. Like, but, you know, proper banshee, like, yeah. I don't care who's seeing me. <laughs> yeah. I'm crying Were you the on the home. train? I was on the tube and then I was on the Chilton Railway home. Did anyone say... Are you all right? No, one idiot said, cheer up, love. Oh it might never happen. Yeah, oh. that actually happened to me on the Chilton Railway. If you're listening, you absolute bastard. <laughs> did you not say? I think I would have been too tempted to go, it fucking did, mate. Like, yeah, it's, no, I didn't want to engage with him at all. Uh, I was fair. too lost. Fair play, like, I was lost. I was lost. <laughs> yeah. 
But actually, it's funny how acute your senses become. And as I was sort of crying and blocking everything out, there was a beautiful poem on the, you know, poetry on the underground yeah, from yeah. The Tempest about um, sort of bees and nature and stuff yeah. like that. And I took a picture of it because I was like, I know I'm going to read that at his funeral. Oh. I got home in, before he'd been medicated, so mm. he was still a little compasmentous. Uh, and then the, the ladies arrived to give him some morphine and he said all sorts of really profoundly beautiful and profoundly odd things. <laughs> After the morphine. Yeah, yeah. yeah the morphine is mad, yeah. isn't it? Some like, real clarity and some real oddness yeah. and some real beauty and some real love and care. And it was extraordinary. And I wrote a lot of it down, actually, because I didn't want to forget what he'd said. And then slowly throughout the night, things progressively got very violent oh. in terms of how he was going. And the nurses eventually came back. And I think they realised they hadn't... Because because he'd been so brave up to that point, he really ought to have been medicated a lot, lot previous to that. Yeah, yeah. But because he'd been so brave and determined to just keep fighting, I think the dose wasn't quite right. He didn't have yeah. enough. and That morphine dose is really hard. Yeah, it was really, really tricky. What happened to my mother-in-law? They gave the wrong dose. And Did they? I, and again, I think because she's a very... Born in the 40s, get on with it, you know, and she was very like... It's fine. Yeah. And then ended up this awful night of agony. Where That's it. Was, it. Yeah. it was just like, yeah, I mean, yeah, that was, it was almost worse than my, my dad's because my dad was in a hospice. So it was right. very medicated. Very managed. We didn't really see, there wasn't a moment where he was really in pain because it was just, well, yeah, a con, you well, know, yeah. he was on morphine. That's a gift. A lot. It really is a gift. Whereas she was at home, I think, even though it's amazing to be at home, yeah, they're obviously the... The, you run the risk of people aren't always around. So, yes, yeah, it yes. can be really. Yeah, and uh, it was it was physically horrendous oh, to watch. Yeah, and then and, we, and things were happening to him that we had to administer. He was very um, sick and and ill, and we had to sort of help him a lot in mm. terms of what we had to do for him. So was this you and your mum? But yeah, and my brother was there as oh, well, yeah. and Jerry was there, my husband for the podcasters, um, <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, we just helped him and, and he said sorry to me at one point and that broke my heart mm. because he's done everything for me my whole life. He's yeah. just my hero. And so to even be able to be there and do that for him, which yeah. is, you know, something I don't imagine any parent wants their child to have to do for them, but it was my pleasure and my yeah, my yeah. heart full of love to help him like that. And then when the nurses came back, I think they realised he was in quite dire straits and they administered what they could legally give him and said that they, he would settle and yeah. settle for those who don't know tends yeah. to mean he'll be drifting off soon yeah um and she judged it perfectly actually because there was one more dose of morphine she could have given him and she said i'm not going to give him that because he's settled now but he's not going anywhere for a bit so you can be with him and so after they'd administered the correct dose he really really calmed down we all calmed down jerry went to bed and matthew mum and i lay and sat with him and talked to him and thanked him and loved him and saw him through and then it was i don't i don't know what your experience was like with your dad but it was really like we just knew he was about to have his last breath oh, we really? just knew Oh no, my dad kept fighting right Did he? To, Yeah, like we my mum was like, knew. just go into the light. Yeah. <laughs> like it was like... My mom, I think we we knew, and it was very strange. I mean, you, you, so, uh, you attach all sorts of importance to things or sort of profound meaning to things, but the window in dad's room had been open all night with this gentle breeze, but the door to his room had been open, sort of slightly ajar, but it was dark in there, we were all, all with him. And then he was, he, he took what we thought was his final breath, then, you know, my mum said to him, you can go, it's okay, we're mm. all here. And my brother was saying thank you so much and we were all, you know, just sending him off with some loving thoughts. And then he took one more gasp as he breathed out. This gust of wind just came and blew the door closed oh really my. gently. No way! And it, it could have done that for hours before that. And it was just this... I've got tingles now. It was incredible. I've got he literally... Breathed in, breathed out, and then this gust of wind came and the door went clithunk. And we were in total darkness and we knew he'd gone and it was extraordinary. It was kind of beautiful. In, in, Gemma, that's some Like, I'm literally yeah. like holding my face yeah. like, oh It my was God. really beautiful, unforgettable. and That's like something from a, like, I don't know, Edwardian novel. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it sounds like some old dramatic actress making yeah. it up. Or no, something. no, it, just, no, it, it sounds just, beautiful. It was really incredible. And then we... 
Wow. And then we hadn't had any physical contact with him for months because yeah. he'd been he'd become very averse to being touched because he lost so much weight. Uh. And so we bathed him and we changed him into some fresh pyjamas and we lay him on his oh. bed and then we all cuddled him. And I, if, if I'd heard that previous to somebody dying, I'd be like, what, you were cuddling a dead body? That's yeah. And it was just the deepest correct thing to do, yeah. to be with him and hold him and talk to him. And we were all completely beside ourselves. But mm. the whole thing, it, 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 he was out of pain. You know, and you understand those like religious rites of yes. the washing and the clean. Yes. Like you understand it in a way yes. that, yeah. If you don't know it, you're like, ooh, creepy. Absolutely. But if you there, you're like, yeah, they need to be washed and yes. clean. Like it we just need to, makes yeah, sense. And, and we called the undertakers in a bit of a panic, and they came quite quickly. And and what we really wish is that he hadn't been taken away from us so quickly. It's strange as well when someone's been ill at a house and mm-hmm. then they're gone. Yes, like that's a very yeah, the vacuum that is left yes. is so loud. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. absolutely, perfectly put. And I would come up the stairs and always hope to peep in, you know. Yeah. Because he was often quite averse to company. He'd say, you know, I know you're around, but don't. I suppose it's so exhausting being that poorly. You don't yeah. want to engage with anybody, but it's nice to know people are around. Mm. And yes, you're absolutely right. A very, very loud vacuum. And my mum has now redecorated and changed them around a bit. I think it was yeah. too oppressive to have. The lack. Yeah, it was I an can understand lack. that, of just um, needing some, like, newness so it's yeah. not the room of death. Yes, exactly. Like, it's exactly. just something else. Mm. So they took him away, and then do you remember the next sort of bit, or was it a bit of a blur? I remember it very clearly. My brother was flying back to... I mean, my dad timed it incredibly. <laughs> because not only... The 13th of August is a very, very big date in our family, because not only did his mother die on that day, no. but my mother's mother died on that day. So it was quite extraordinary oh that he went on the 13th of August because that's... Wow. But that would be typical dad as well. Okay. Like, like, But also Matthew was due to fly home on the Sunday, so he died on the Saturday morning of the 13th. Wow. I had finished work, so I was due to be... Yeah. So he, like, I'd, I wouldn't put it past him if he'd tried to time <laughs> it perfectly for us so we were all happy and comfortable this because is he a was good always time. looking after us. Yeah, yeah. Checked everyone's calendar yeah. and was like, yeah. I think that day... Yeah. That's and amazing, 13, that's the day... Yeah, grandma and both my grandmas died, mum and dad's wow. mum. Yeah, we drove Matthew to Gatwick. Um, that's my brother. We drove him to Gatwick the next day. And he lives in Canada, doesn't yes, he? Yes, yeah. he does, yes. Well, f- actually, first of all, once dad had been taken away, we cleaned the whole house. Yeah, the cleaning. Because we knew we were going to leave because yeah. we called my aunt, my mum's sister who lives very near Gatwick, who's got a beautiful house with horses oh, wow. and a hot tub on the deck and <laughs> woods out back. Yeah. And just like, we we're like, let's go to Jill's. Yeah. Let's get out of here. Let's take Matt to Gatwick and get out of here. And so, first of all, we cleaned the entire house top mm. to bottom. And then we all got in the car, went to Jill's. And Matthew, we saw him off. Um and then those woods were a godsend, and my auntie's dog as well. Oh, yeah. I would take the dog and my mum, and we'd go and wail like banshees in the woods. Oh. Like, the wailing, the like, I've never, ever wailed like that before. It's incredible, it's, isn't it? It's from you didn't some... know you could make that no. noise. Yeah. You didn't know you could make that noise. Yeah. You didn't know you wouldn't care making that noise. Where it just. I think as well, as an actor, you're like, oh, yeah, I've been sad. Yeah. I've been sad. No, you I, I know how to be like, no. You have been sad. sound that's like animalistic yeah yeah it's it's completely visceral and completely uncontrollable oh god yeah and you have to just wail it out and so you went with your mum went with mum and jerry um and the three of us stayed the week at jill's wow and for some reason i went for an audition for a musical on the thursday (laughs) (laughs) hi i'm here to sing and dance well my mum was like your dad would never want you to not do anything you have to get out there and do it and i was actually I said I wrapped an uncle. I'm remembering now I hadn't. Oh, yeah. And so because Nick is one of my very, very dearest friends and because I know a lot of them, we decided I could do it because they were aware of what happened. Yeah, and they'd be... And so on the Monday, (gasps) that's right, on the Monday... You had to go and do day's filming. I went in to do uncle on the Monday after Dad had died on the Saturday. That was intense. Did you just feel like numb and a bit... Really numb, really surreal, really jaded. yeah. I talked it through a couple of times with my very dear friend, Lucinda, and that director I was talking about with the yeah. Moorside, I spoke, talked it through with both of them because they could hear it and, yeah. and, and hold it for me. And Jerry was incredible. For someone who's never experienced death, I just... Wow. 
I'm so lucky. He was incredible. So he's not in the club at all? Not in the club at all. Which Our is goldfish a... died, and that's, that's the only experience of death Jerry has ever had is a goldfish. And was he, it, was he, he was shed he a tear. <laughs> yeah. We were eating a curry at the time, no joke. So it could have been a hot, hotness, but he definitely shed a tear. <laughs> that's really hard if, if you're not in the club yeah. at all to get it. He's got this profound understanding of something yeah. that I, I don't know how he did it. Or He's a quite a profound man. He is. He <laughs> yeah. really is. Yeah, yeah. He really is. So... We got through the week and it was just an, a sort of safe haven to go to Jill's every night and sort of learn how to eat again and learn yeah. how to... And, yeah, dog therapy. This, the, the dog that my auntie's got, she... Yeah, dogs are... dogs saved us. Dogs and babies or cats or whatever yeah. it is, you can be around anything that's full of life. Yes, you and she doesn't know a thing. She yeah. does, she's not. Yeah, she's not coming at it from. I'll take you for a walk because I know you feel sad. She's yeah. just like we're going for a walk. It's all about me. Great. <laughs> and you just sort of followed her. It was yeah. it was brilliant. It was a real godsend to go to Jill's that week. And then we came back, and life sort of had to potter on, I suppose. And the gaps. Did between... you have the funeral? Yes, it was quite a bit later. Actually, there was a long wait, and then we did have a funeral. We didn't have anyone there. It was just me wow. and my mum. Was that just a, a choice? You just wanted a very quiet... Yeah, yeah. He wanted to be buried in his gardening clothes and we found this incredible, you know, those beautiful biodegradable coffins you can yeah, get with yeah. patterns on them. Yeah. And it was all garden themed, oh. the, co- the coffin. I read the little poem that I found on the underground, although I couldn't really get through it. Oh, yeah. And then they drew the curtains and... um. The people who worked there, the woman in the corner who was sort of overseeing things, I don't I want to call her a nasha, but she's not a nasha <laughs> at all. <laughs> Thespian. The, uh, the undertaker. The, sta- the stage manager. The stage manager. The stage manager. She was crying and she oh. said, I've, I've only ever cried at two funerals in my whole 10 years being here. Wow. Eva Cassidy. Oh, yeah. Well, bring yeah. a tear to anyone's eye. That was my dad's favourite. Wow. So she sang. Oh, Somewhere Over, Somewhere the, Rainbow. over the Rainbow. Oh, that's a kicker, that one. Yeah. And um, even now, I haven't had it. I had it on the radio the other day. And yeah. I had it for like 10 years. And I was like, yeah, <gasps> that one. And Stop. The Fields of Barley. You'll remember oh, me yeah, as the West yeah. Wind Moves. That one. We played both of those and just bawled. Yeah. And then it was done. And it was, it wasn't, we didn't feel any better or worse afterwards. It was just like, that's done. And he's in the cupboard upstairs at the moment at my mum's. But we're going to sh- uh, shatter him. Um, <laughs> scatter him. Scatter him. We're going to shatter him. We're going to scatter him at Christmas in his favourite place in the Lake District. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I think I think he would love that. Yeah. Let him set him free. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we had such a nice relationship, my dad and I. I feel like he left me really well equipped. Mm, that's amazing. And so he's with me all the time. And I used to call him for advice about everything. And now I can sort of virtual call him in my mind and go, what would dad say? And then I will know. And I just feel like he left me really yeah, well equipped, as I say, to get on with it. That's I one think... of his things. You know, just get on with it, girl, you know? <laughs> That's incredible. Mm. I talk about this a lot with my husband because he's lost both his parents. Right. And we always talk about, obviously, we've just become parents. And I sincerely believe the only job you can do as a parent is to love them so hard yeah. that when you go they're sort of okay they're okay that's yeah. all you can do yeah and I had a really difficult relationship with my dad in many ways but I still I can definitely know what he would say about stuff and yeah I think that is extremely helpful to just like you said virtual that's lovely to like virtual call and go oh he would be like that's brilliant just do it shut yeah. up <laughs> like, exactly exactly yeah. and that's absolutely all, you, all they can do I think you're absolutely right like to bring bring up a child Really, as, as as soundly morally as you as you believe they can be, or you know, according to your beliefs, and love them unconditionally, and guide them, and set them boundaries, and help them, and make them laugh, and enjoy them, you know, be their friend as well as their parent, or like them, I should say, you know, because my dad used to say, "I don't just love you, I like you." Oh, Jen. And I think that's so, that's really beautiful. Yeah. And so, there was nothing unresolved, which is why it was very clean yeah when he went even he was he was 73 which everyone gasps and say he was very young but then my mum sort of philosophizes that perhaps it, it means that he missed out on something terrible really degenerative yeah. degenerative disease or alzheimer's or something that really took him very slowly later in life you mm. know so we've always been a family who've gone well you know 
could be worse. On the bright side. <laughs> I don't think my it could mom... be much worse than Lucy, but yeah, yeah all right, mum, I guess you're right, yeah. Oh, my mum says that. Oh, he would have hated to have been really ill when he was old, yeah. Yeah, so... I think the father was getting a bit bored anyway, darling. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't sound bored, mummy. <laughs> I mean, you know, what... He's doing what he wants. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I know. It's just like, I think it's just things you say to just I try. I think you're right, and, to try and reconcile it and make yourself feel. Yeah, like I said this, I don't, people, everyone, my dad was very active. So he was like training for a triathlon when he got sick. So everyone would say, oh, well, he would have hated to have been ill for a long time. He would have really hated. I remember right. being like, yeah, yeah. And then thinking, I mean, yeah, he might have done, but also he, he might have wanted to be here. Yeah. <laughs> he might want to be around or like maybe we would have wanted him to be around. But what, did, what did he have? So he had secondary liver cancer right. is what we dis- when we discovered it, but it was pancreatic. Oh, gosh. Which we've talked about on the show is like, I mean, they're all bad. But pancreas is like, yeah. yeah, there's no going back most of the time and it has no symptoms. So it's really, really? yeah. Gosh. So often when people find it, it's secondary and it's very aggressive. And so you often don't know until it turns up somewhere else and by which point. It's, oh, yeah, there's How no, long did he have... He two months. So two months. Yeah, he gosh. was diagnosed in February and then dead by the April. Gee, and had, had he had he been sort of liver like? Does that manifest as sort of yellowing? And yeah, so that's how we and stuff. And well, like, yeah, that's how we found out. Is he went yellow? He yeah. literally went yellow, and they said, "Oh, it's jaundice. It's jaundice." Yeah. And funny enough, I spoke to my mum about it the other day, and st- I didn't even I didn't know this, and she said he ran a triathlon or something like three months before, and it was his worst times ever. Right. And she said, he came out and he said, oh, it's not right. Something's not right. I couldn't swim and I couldn't do it. And my mum was like, oh, you know. And she said he hadn't been training very well. And so she was like, oh, you're tired. And she was a bit like, you kind of thought you could do that and you haven't really put the work in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she said that was the first moment. But she said even that was only sort of three months before he was diagnosed. So she said, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Maybe just... It just spreads very quickly. They thought Dad had ulcers. I think they, oh. they started testing him in, him in the September. They thought it was ulcers, and then they thought it was maybe gallstones. And I had Googled his symptoms. Oh, really? Which everyone tells you not to do, but I got a, I got the diagnosis that was eventually given, and I called my mum, and I was like, I think he's got stomach cancer. Are you sure? Are you sure? It was very close to him getting his results anyway, but yeah. I said, I shouldn't have done, I know, but I have gone on Google. <laughs> yeah. Dr. And Google. his symptoms match up exactly with stomach cancer. And, and at that time, she was very honest with me. She said, I, your father and I are not worried. And they've always been honest with me. Yeah. And then um, by the time, the day before his... Res- they came down to visit us, actually, the, 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 and bring us some beautiful furniture and stuff and visit us. And I saw that Dad was a bit yellow and very thin. Mm. His results were due on the Monday, and it was the Sunday we were all together. And, um, yeah, I just... I just knew. I think we all knew. And they knew by that point as well. I think they weren't pretending that they weren't worried anymore. I think they were yeah. quite sure. And then that phone call I got from my mum. My mum is amazing. Like, imagine having to make that phone call to your children oh, to say... I mean, I suppose it's one sidestep from my father having to make the, the phone call yeah. himself, which would have been devastating for him. But for her to have to impart that news, I'd, when I, I collapsed. Did you? You, know, that, you never know how... Like we talk about the banshee wailing, the sort of the physical reaction you can have to things that yeah. you just didn't know were in you or were a possible part of your quite sensible self. Yeah. And so were you just at home? I was at home, thankfully, yeah. Oh, and actually, luckily, I'd um, I'd been down to Snappy Snaps because it was this Friday. <laughs> it, was his, it was his birthday on the Friday that week. And so I printed a load of family photos off that I was going to give him. And I missed her call on the way home. And I only called her back when I got home. Oh, that's good. Thankfully, I was at home. Because I, I, I'd sort of disconnected that she was calling me about... I, I sort of would put it out of my mind. Yeah. It was a sunny day. You hold out the hope. Yeah. And then she called me and, yeah, thank goodness I was at home. Thank goodness Jerry was home. I was in the bedroom. I just had to... Hit, I hit the floor. I was just beside myself. And, of course, I was, you know, we'll come immediately. We'll come immediately. Like, no, 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 don't come. Of course, we did straight away. And then we had a really lovely time because he wasn't ill. I mean, he was ill, yeah. but he wasn't ailing. Yeah. So we went home at every single opportunity and we, as I say, we did the allotment and he he really fought. Yeah. That's when I, I mean, the hilariousness of modern life, but I remember you posting on Instagram a picture of you and your dad in the allotment. Yeah. 
And I remember thinking, God, they look so happy. That's like, that looks like a really happy, lovely, and he looked sort of a classic English old man, like in his allotment. And then I think you'd written what was happening. And I was like, oh, 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 it's not what? Yeah. (laughs) Because immediately I was like, oh, that's a very bucolic, nice scene. Yeah. But it's incredible that you got that experience with him. I remember, yeah, it was really beautiful that he was around for so long, but, but you know, for, around for that time that we could really, because of, of course as well, like, there's so many things that I've always wanted to thank him for or apologise for. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, I was very, very poorly when I was younger with anorexia, and, and I put them through hell, my parents. And I'd apologised to my mother, but I hadn't apologised to my dad yet because the opportunity hadn't happened. Yeah. And also it's a bit, you know, more stiff up a lip with father, yeah, you know, yeah. like... <laughs> And the day he was diagnosed and I went home in those few days, we're so raw emotionally that we could express ourselves fully. And I said everything I needed to say. Not that there was much. I'd never... I just wanted to say sorry because he was incredible when I was ill. He was Mm. absolutely incredible, as they both were. For that to be sort of... At least I've offered him an understanding of... I know know how awful that was for you. I'm really sorry. What did he say when you said that? Um... I think he said didn't mind at all. He said don't not to worry. It's my pleasure. I'm glad you're okay. You know, typical dad response. <laughs> and then he told me, please never, 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 never go there again when I'm gone. <laughs> I said, I promise you, I won't. I promise. That's a good little like yeah, last it is. last it moment. Is, it is. Remember, you promised me. Don't get poorly again, please. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, after he died, I did post on Facebook quite a long post about having lost my father, and. I wrote in the message as well how much up until that point I had hated anyone and judged anyone who had done oh, that. Yeah, I remember this place. Yeah, I said, yeah. I, I said, I now understand the importance of why people sometimes share very, very deeply mm. personal things on here. Yeah. Because the support you get back is invaluable, even yeah. if it's just someone you've barely seen. Like that, people got in touch with me in direct messaging saying, "This is what happened to me. If you ever need to talk to me, or blah blah." It was just a hugely sound mm. support group, really. I, I, don't, I, I just remember writing it and feeling like this this is okay to post. And I, and I, because there's another friend who, who shared quite intimate things about a, a, a person's death recently on Facebook. And I was like, goodness me, that's quite intense. But actually, remembering how important it was to sort of share it and understand it and process it with other people as your witness. And yeah. I used to think it was all about the person who was posting. Mm. And I suppose it is, in a way, a little bit about... It is very selfish Mm. to post like that. But I didn't care because it was so beautiful what I got back. But I think it's... it's, When you're not in the club, what you don't understand is you're like, oh, are they just... Oh, is it just for attention or something? Or are they just making it about them? What you don't understand is, like... They don't, there isn't a them at the moment. No. There isn't, like, there's not someone going like, oh, I hope I get 100 I likes. I get 100 <laughs> likes for this. And... No, it's just someone who, you're like you said, you're so raw that you can't do anything but tell yeah. people, this has happened to me. Yeah, yeah. And it, I mean, you're about to, it's the same after you had a baby. Yeah. All you, I would just walk into rooms and be like, I just had a baby. Because I was like, I just... Yeah, but you were amazing. <laughs> I remember your Instagram picture was just a little hand, wasn't it? And like, oh, 2016 hasn't been so bad after yeah, all. Yeah, well, I just was... That's the only picture we've ever seen of um, said child. <laughs> said and I child. really admire that. It's but, uh, tough, I tell you. The, the, well, the you're, you're oh my God, the So proud you want to show, show, show. Well, again, when I before I had the baby, when people posted pictures of babies, I was like, oh my God, put it away. Never going to be one of those mums, yeah. But like, when you've had it, you to you, it's just this thing of beauty. Yeah, you're just like, yeah. I just want to look up. She's so amazing. Yeah, but yours is. Yours is, actually. <laughs> We've discussed previous to this podcast recording today that she ought to be I a mean, model. I don't want to brag, but I, I think so. <laughs> I think so. But yeah, the face, the sharing thing, I mean, it's hard because obviously, like, I have an analogue experience of grief because I was 15. Of course, yes. So there was no Facebook. There was no WhatsApp. Like, Who did you go to? I think I didn't. No. I think that's one of the things I didn't. And I was at... So at school, what you had in the old days was that you knew that people knew, but no one was saying anything. Of course. So there's lots of whispers. Yes. Oh, gosh. Which, yeah, that's hard. And then a few people, like I remember one of the cool boys, um, our mums were friends, and um, we didn't really speak to each other, even though we both knew, like, we know each other quite well because our mums are really good friends. Mm-hmm. And he came up to me and was like, oh, I'm really sorry. Like, my oh, mum wow. told me and I hope you're okay. And I was like, I was 
touch, but also like, oh my God, he's talking to me. Like, that's cool. <laughs> like, Have I done my hair? <laughs> yeah, and I was like, he never talks to me. Like, I could see other people looking and I was like, yeah, oh, he's, wow. he's talking to me, guys. But this then, is how you do it. <laughs> and they were like, what's that about? I was like, oh, nothing, nothing. But like, also like, oh my God. Wow. <laughs> so it was like, he spoke to you. Yeah, so I was quite pleased about that. But yeah, you didn't, there wasn't like yeah, you said that. when you're 15 as well, no one really communicates anyway, do they? I yeah, imagine. no one's really talking back anyway. Did but, you get help from counsellors or? So my, I got sent to one, well, I got sent to a counselling session, but 15 um, is a really tricky age because you become an adult at 16 in the eyes of sort of psychotherapy. So you get treated as a child. Oh, okay. So I went, I was sent to a room with like tiny chairs and colouring pencils. Oh no. So I lasted one session because I was like, oh, I'm in the wrong place. Yeah, and she sort of was like, you're yeah. in the wrong place, but we physically can't. You know, we just can't do it. And I walked out and said to my mum, I'm never going again. Did they fix Did they fix up when you were 16 for you to have... No, I was by then like, don't need it. Closed. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Shop closed, mate. Yeah. I only went to therapy for the first time last year. Did you? Yeah. Did so, you? Yeah. Do you find it helpful? So helpful. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? So did you go to counselling? I've been... I mean, I've had a lot of sort of help psychologically over the years in terms of, you know, obviously with an eating disorder, I had psychotherapy and... Um, but so I did have some bereavement counselling. I set myself up for some bereavement counselling through the NHS. Um, and actually being pregnant gets you bumped to the top of the list. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Of co- hey. It's not why I got pregnant, guys, OK? <laughs> <laughs> um, As a pro tip. <laughs> but, um, but I lasted one session as well. Oh, really? Um, well, I, I lasted a, I one session because I just couldn't... Because I'd ha- I've had so much therapy yeah. in the past, I knew what it should be and what it should feel like. Oh, yeah, yeah. And she was making all sorts of pronunciation mistakes mm. and stuff, like <laughs> a confidentiality and stuff, just like really <laughs> odd things that should be like yeah, really important words to your profession. Yeah. And I would say things like, uh, and man, you know, my dad was really kind to me. And then about 20 minutes later, she'd say, so I noticed you said that your dad was really kind to you. And obviously, and she was training because I was low risk and low yeah, priority. Yeah, she was a trainee. I got a trainee, mm-hmm. so I understand like the idea of like someone saying something and you reminding them, repeating it back yeah. if it's important. But I, I just didn't vibe with what she was yeah. trying to do at all, and so I got put back on the waiting list. And then by the time I was called again, I did go because Jerry said just go because you don't know if there's sure. a stone unturned that you haven't. Mm. You might be fine, and dealing with it, but just go and see because yeah. there might be something. And I, 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 there wasn't anything. I, I lasted about half an hour. In a really, like, civilised way, I said, I'm not sure I need this anymore, and this is why. She could see I was speaking really objectively about things, and she she discharged me. But it was worth going down that road yeah, just to see yeah. if it was going to be helpful. Well, I my thing with counselling, that I, I mean, I'm a new convert, but mm. I think it's just different times. So I was definitely not ready yeah. When I was fifteen, no. I wasn't. I went. I tried to go again when I was about twenty six. Couldn't handle it. Really, the same thing. Everyone I spoke to, I wanted to punch. Like I met so many people, I was like, "What is wrong with you?" And yeah. they'd be like, "So, how was your dad?" And I was like, "Why are you talking? Why yeah. are you talking?" Like that? Yeah. And I saw one again. I got. I finally got someone on the NHS, and I saw this guy, and we had a row. Like within ten minutes, we wow. managed to have a row. And I complained, and I said. I have to see somewhere else. And they were like, well, you're bottom of the list now, but I got, luckily there was a counsellor or something. I found someone. And again, it's like dating. When I started yeah. speaking to this lady, I was like, oh, yeah, we can do this. Yes. But you have to, I say to people all the time, like, I think it's important, go, test it. Yeah. If you don't like it, find someone else. Yeah. It's not. Had had I needed it, I would have stuck with the lady yeah, I saw last week yeah. the week before. I really thought she was something quite special. But, yeah. but again, like I said. You feel like I'm taking up a place where someone could really yeah. use this. And I'm just, yeah. And I think it, it Depends. I definitely, I mean, I accidentally again started it and then got pregnant. So ah. I found a lot, I don't know if you, I want to talk to you about this. I found a lot of stuff came up because I was about to become a parent. Right, right, right. But I don't know, maybe because you're more fresh out the box. Yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. already dealing with those things. Whereas for me, it was very much like, whoa, like all these things I hadn't really thought about my relationship with him and suddenly I'm about to have become a parent. And oh, wow. Yeah, I found it really like. So he passed away in August. When? How soon did you get married after that? We got married in May this year. Oh, okay. So yeah. it was yeah. Yeah. And did you feel? Did you guys talk about it, or did it? Did we talk about marriage in terms of? 
Like in terms, did it suddenly become a sort of topic of like, oh, actually, what are we doing? No, I think we'd always planned to. My mum gave him my grandma's rings oh. about two years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, so a long time ago. <laughs> Take your time, I mean, Jerry. She, <laughs> she didn't really like go, you know, these are the rings you must propose. But yeah. like, I knew he probably wouldn't buy me a ring because yeah. waste of money. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and I actually wouldn't expect him to either. You know, I'd, I'd agree with him. You know, we could just... Uh, yeah. And then I kept saying to him, listen, just give me them. They're so beautiful. We don't have to get married. <laughs> just let me have But let rings. me have my grandma's rings so I can wear them. Because we were sort yeah. of play playing anyway we're saying husband and wife yeah. anyway and uh and then I got pr- no actually no I wasn't pregnant when I he proposed to me weirdly <laughs> um because everyone keeps thinking it was a shotgun wedding yeah he proposed to me in India um this year on the 3rd of January or something like that I don't know and then on the 6th of January we found out I was pregnant wow yeah yeah, and we had no inkling because, not to go into too much detail, we thought, well, we'll start trying. We'd only tried once. We thought, you know. That's what happened to me, Gemma. Yeah, we'll try once and we'll see. And then I was so, like, oh. let's just start and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. We had the conversation in January. I was like, let's just start and see what happens. Yeah. By February, I was pregnant. Yeah, that's exactly what yeah. happened to us. Yeah. <laughs> like, Which is a real blessing. It's a great blessing, but a bit of a shock. Yeah, yeah. Jerry wouldn't believe me. I did. I, I, I don't mind telling you, I did eight pregnancy tests. <laughs> wow. I couldn't. I was like, am I? They're really faint. Am I? I don't know. Oh, I knew. Like, a, I something knew was well, up. Because like, my God. skin all went dry and oh. I was very late. And I was just like, I'm definitely... Jerry's like, you're not. You can't be. What? <laughs> and then, of course, he was immensely proud of himself. Of course. Of course. <laughs> That's all him. Yeah. Um, so, after we found out I was pregnant, it became a little bit more... Because we were going to have a very long engagement. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. And I had the ring. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Um, we thought, well, no, let's just let's, let's be married when it. the baby comes. That'd be really nice and really important for certain elements of the wider family. And we just did registry office and pub lunch with very, Aww. very like like you did really registry yeah. office and very close sort of family really, and that was it. And did how did you feel that day with the absence of your dad? Did you have a moment? Or? Yeah, I did have a moment. My brother mm. very kindly came over from Canada, and he took dad's place you know he walked me into the registry office my brother did yeah. walk me into the registry yeah. office yeah and that was quite overwhelming yeah my mum burst into tears oh. but ever the thespian it was only a tiny tiny walk and Matthew's so so shy he was really marching I was like slow down take it in <laughs> show your audience <laughs> don't rush the moment don't rush we've got about five paces oh, to go yeah slow. we had a really because it's like there's no aisle really no, in the registry no office sort of you're just in between the chairs. yeah <laughs> Classic, me and my brother, we were outside. I'd asked him to walk me, and he was a bit like, oh, okay, sure. And then the guy came out and sort of mumbled something, but sort of, like, he sort of just said it really weirdly, and then we both got the giggles, because we were just like, yeah. this is hilarious, yeah. what's happening? Yeah. But everyone thought we were crying, because they could hear us going like... <laughs> oh, <laughs> And everyone was like, were you all right? Oh, we were no. like, no, no, we were laughing at the registrar, because he like said, yeah. it. He said come in weirdly or something. He was like, come in? <laughs> it, was re- it was an odd experience for yeah. us as well. The, the registrar got our, our names wrong. <laughs> Because his full name is Gerard as well, which is the same name as my father, which is some some topic for conversation another time, maybe. But, um, and oh, my name is Gemma, but she said, do you, Gerald, take Emma? So Gerald and Emma are very happily married. <laughs> Gerald and Emma. And you know what Jerry's like, he had to comically correct in a very, very endearing way. And the, everyone burst into laughter. That's very sweet. It though. was very sweet. So Gerald and Emma are, are happily married. Um, <laughs> I love those guys. They're such a nice Gerald couple. Gerald and they're just such a nice couple. They're, they're really down to earth. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you did have that moment. But yeah. And it didn't yeah. overwhelm you or anything. No, in the pub, we did some speeches. Oh, yeah, the speeches. And my mum did a little speech. And my brother did a little speech. And he sort of, you know, his opener was, you know, it's it's with very very mixed feelings that I'm doing this because it should be somebody else. Yeah. But here we are, and uh, it was felt definitely. It was felt, but uh, we didn't say it out loud. Mm. We didn't need to, I don't think. And then after sort of the, the Whelan speeches, the side of the family, there was a lot of very very amusing best. Jerry had three best men, of course, <laughs> and um, they were brilliant, brilliant, lovely light. Mm. I was it was fine. And how have you found being pregnant and grieving? Like, do you feel like your grief has changed or do you feel like it's... Um, I feel like it's really manageable. Mm. But I don't know if it's a result of being pregnant or not. I doubt it. I think he, I think he was actually quite averse to us having children. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing a child into a world like this sort of thing, right. you know. 
I, I am very pleased that because I think once because my mum was the same, but once we told her, she's absolutely beside herself and can't yeah, wait of to course. meet it. Yeah. And I think <clears throat> I'm very very pleased that I wasn't pregnant while he was poorly and mm. got then gone because that would have been def- very difficult for him yeah. to think that there was about to be another generation. Yeah. But no, I don't feel I don't feel like I'm grieving. Maybe I. I think of him quite often, you know, or often I've dreamt about him and I'll wake up and I'll feel a lack or I'll want to talk to him. So I suppose, yes, I am grieving still, but it's very manageable. A good cry and even just five minutes talking to Jerry will sort mm. it out. So I don't, I don't feel the pregnancy's sort of done anything to get in the way of a grieving process or to enhance it. It just is what it is. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm expecting possibly when I have the baby and a few things might happen after that well unfortunately like your hormones are all Ooh. over the place so that's warned me about the yeah. three or four day cry <laughs> May, like it is that's the it's hard i think i definitely had that because i was i had quite a hormonal pregnancy so sometimes i was like am i just pregnant or am i upset yes. am i genuinely upset about some things or am i just pregnant yeah like, yeah 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 it, really, it gets muddled yes it's like you know constant pmt isn't it so you're just sort of sort of trying to I found myself trying to grasp things of like, is this grief or is this right? Yeah, just um, my ankles hurt and I'm tired. <laughs> and did you keep going to counselling during your pregnancy? I did. Right. Yeah, I did. I really did, and I found that very. I found it really helpful. Um, I think because I was like, it taken me what eighteen years to get in that bloody room. Yeah, I was like, I'm not now leaving because I'm pregnant. <laughs> I was yeah, like, I finally found someone I can talk to. I finally feel like I can open my mouth about it. Brilliant. Yeah, and she, I mean, she was amazing and has, you know, we paused it for like when I was having the baby and then I came back yeah. and stuff like that. So I found it immensely helpful. It but is amazing, isn't it? Somehow yeah. the, the lift that happens afterwards, you're like, oh. oh God, we didn't even really talk about anything, but I feel so much better. Yeah. Or I'm really glad we talked about that in depth because I, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's such a helpful thing. And it's funny, as someone who's managed their grief for so long by themselves... I think I just couldn't concede that anyone could help me because I was yeah. like, I've managed this since I was 15. Like, it's like trying to re- teach me how to walk again. Yeah. So it's like, I know what I'm doing. But I found, I mean, it's so individual, but I just found it to get helpful to get someone else's perspective. Because sometimes you'll say stuff about my grief and I'm like, oh, yes, I suppose that is true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you just, you see yourself someone in that little way. You. Yeah, and just someone else going, oh, well, do you think it's that? And you're like, oh, yeah, oh, might, yeah, what a good might point. be. <laughs> probably is. Why didn't I think, think of yeah, that? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But it's, I think that's great if you feel that at the moment you're... At the moment I feel fine. Yeah. I've, I've had a very non-hormonal pregnancy, actually. I've been extremely <sighs> wow. level. No sick, sickness? Or? Oh, the first three months I oh, was right. very poorly. Okay, yeah, yeah. Very poorly. Um, but not and I, we were filming Upstart Crow and I couldn't tell anyone oh that's the and worst I was you can't so say Ill. anything and you know when you're just like you you can feel yourself not being yourself yeah, around people yeah yeah and you feel like I'm going green I felt like I was going to die yeah I kept saying to, I kept saying to Jerry I think I'm going to die oh I think I'm going to die this is oh, yeah and then it just goes yeah mine came back so you're oh like, no yeah, I know oh, no I know really rubbish but like definitely that it's one of the crazy things as well because if you think about when you've lost someone which I do think it's a, it's similar you're like to being pregnant this, these huge things that have happened to you and we've just talked so much of like when you're grieving all you want to do is tell people and talk about it yeah. and everyone's so yes. everyone's very like oh Gemma's in this situation yeah. first three months you desperately need to tell people and you can't yeah. Yeah. I did a TV job and I literally nearly broke the table because I was I thought I was going to be sick oh my goodness so I just cl- I just dug my nails into the table and thought if you just do this you won't throw up because I was thinking I'm about to throw up on, oh, on QI wow. I'm going to throw up on QI oh no <laughs> and that show I watched it and I'm not like people keep saying things to me and I'm like like, oh wow! Because <laughs> you just and you can't say. No, you can't say a thing. I told the costume lady that was oh. it because she was older and wise and completely airtight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and because it was a corseted show. Oh wow! Yeah. And course. I thought I, I deludedly thought, well, I'm going to be enormous in three months. Like I was exactly the same. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> I was. Exa- I didn't start start oh. showing until about five and a half months, and oh, then I suddenly went like. Whoop. Boom! I straight away. Really, yeah. really. No, it was not obvious for a long, long time oh, with me. I managed to do a whole episode of The Crown. No one knew, and I was wow. nearly. This, what, what, yeah, I began to get a little worried towards the end when they extended the filming. I was like, "Oh, okay," <laughs> but I've seen it, and it doesn't. It, it looks that's fine. Amazing. So I did manage to do quite a lot of work without telling people. Yeah, but I think that's it's amazing if you because it is such a lot to deal with losing someone 
And then getting pregnant. Liz. Yes, it and is. And getting married. Yeah. Like, there's a yeah. huge year for Three you. Three big, big life events. Yeah. And to remain calm in that process is a testament to your relationship with your dad, I think. I like, think so, yeah. You know, if it had been, like you said, unresolved or rocky, then I think this would make this bit, it yeah, makes it hard. Yeah, I think that's really well put. I hadn't thought of it in that context, I actually. But yeah, it was really um, a beautiful relationship. I've, I miss him every day. I think about him, not all the time, that would be exhausting, but <laughs> a lot. But in in ways that I can really deal with. Actually, it was really beautiful last weekend when it was the anniversary. Oh yeah, of, his of course. Death. So you um, just had his, you had your first one. We happened to be up in Headingley where I was born at a wedding oh, wow. on a Saturday, right where I was born, right by my childhood home, oh, right by all of my childhood haunts. And so we did a little memory lane thing on the Aww. Sunday on the day of his day of his um, one year anniversary, and it was incredible. It was so beautiful to. To be with someone, you know, obviously a husband who's got endless patience and kindness. <laughs> and um, we went to these places that he we just had such brilliant memories. And it was really magical and not sad at all. The Saturday day was the Saturday, the day before, actually, the anticipation of yeah. do you remember what we were doing this time last year. Oh, goodness oh. me. Oh, goodness me. Um, but then also it's quite good to hold those dates lightly because you remember them every day. And so to, to add sort of desperate profundity to one day and feel like you ought to be sad or force something is a, is a terrible idea but just feel how you feel on the day yeah yeah I think that's my, the anniversary the the key is just how do you feel that day yeah and I think you're right the first one it's just the worry about it is yeah. more you think oh god am I going to wake up bawling my eyes out and, and the wailing is going to come back and yeah it, it, I don't think it does most of the time but yeah. I think the fear of it is yeah yeah and so you've had his birthday then, yeah, obviously. Yeah, we've had year. his birthday. The, you know, I don't know if this is selfish or not, but the the, the, the toughest day I found in terms of the anniversary marks mm. was my own birthday. Yeah. That really sucks. surprised me. Yeah. I thought I'd feel really sad on his birthday and Christmas, but, you know, Christmas, the last Christmas we had together was incredible, so we just laughed about how much fun we'd had. Aww. And his birthday was okay. It was my birthday that I really fell apart. Oh, God. Just because he he was always he never really grew out of treating me like his baby girl sometimes, mm. and so I'd get many many phone calls and felicitations all day, you know, oh. from pops, <laughs> you know, to the point where mum would be like, "You've said it, Gerard. You've said it." <laughs> like, I don't care. Happy birthday, pickle. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, yeah, that was that was the toughest day, really. I think your own birthday, it's of course like especially as a, you know, you're the child mm. and not having like you said that that parent there. yeah I remember saying at the time I felt like I'd lost my roof I'd lost my Aww. lid I remember just because just you're saying you're gesturing upwards and uh, about parents I do remember that that he was my roof he was my lid he was my shelter that's it and I really felt like I've lost my lid yeah I think it's funny because grief is very similar but obviously every child parent relationship is completely yes. different and I would never describe my dad as that. As a lid, <laughs> definitely not. My my fire, maybe, but like, but it's interesting, like you said, to think of it in that way. And then I think the process of grieving is not replacing it, but yeah, you have to build your own, build your own roof, yeah. yeah. And it's not; it'll never be the same roof. No, but you've learned how to build pretty a leaky. good roof. Yeah, my, my, it was very solid before. It's a pretty leaky roof now, but yeah, but it will be. And yeah. that's again testament to the roof that you had. Yeah, he's always a, with me though. Yeah. He was funny. Funny and clever and interesting and kind. And uh, hopefully we can pass on some of those nice qualities to our little boy or girl. Or Gemma, I have to say, Gerard Francis Whelan sounds like a bloody good chap. Bloody was. So thank you so much for coming to talk to me. Thanks for having me. You can follow Gemma on Twitter at Whelan Gemma, or you can watch her right now in the end of The Effing World, which is currently on Netflix. You can follow us on Twitter at The Griefcast and on Instagram at The Griefcast, and you can email us, thegriefcast at gmail.com. Music was provided by The Glue Ensemble, and the show was produced by Kate Holland. And remember, you are not alone. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowlin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowlin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlinBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.